Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate Systems. All right, race fans. Let's get rowdy. The next 60 minutes will be two men talking one thing and one thing only. Racing. From the third tracks of the Carolinas to the super speedways of Daytona and Talladega, no race is too big or small for this duo. Ladies and gentlemen, these are our hosts, Rowdy Maglite and Kyle Magda. This is the Rowdy Maglite Show. Welcome back to the Rowdy Maglite Show. Monday morning edition, guys. Right off, back from the weekend of uh, racing, guys. And just real quickly, what we're going to go over today. Uh, we'll have the winners. We'll have Kyle winning in the truck series. Hey, how about that Austin Hill winning three in a row here? We'll have his him in the deadline room. And also, William Byron found his way back into uh, winner's circle. But uh, Alabama... 200 was this weekend, the 59th running of it. A 15-year-old first time brought home the bear, Self Christian. And, guys, I reckon, you know, Noah started a tradition. After you win, you take that trophy to the Waffle House. Uh, got to see that. Ricky Stenhouse got this moving on, guys, down to the late mile, guys. And, hey, you may have to book your place at the Waffle House, nearest Waffle House, when they win. So, uh Pay attention there. Johnny Bowling finished P2 uh, in that, uh, battled it out, and I'll get grilled three. So, uh, Seth, it was it didn't come easy for that 15-year-old. That's right, 15-year-old bringing home the bear, guys. And uh, also, next weekend, fellas, we got the inaugural race. Down at, uh, it'll be the Sunshine State 200 at Pensacola, Five Flags Speedway. Uh, I think right now, this morning I looked, 31 super late models entered into that field. That's going to be some of the best super late models trying to be the, the first one to claim the winner on the inaugural race there at Five Flags Speedway. And don't forget the next following week, the Arthur Menard Series rolls into town. And uh, we'll put on, that actually starts off their regular season of uh, racing there at Five Flags. If you've never been, you need to get your ticket and go because they put on a great show there, guys. But what we're going to do this morning, we're going to start off with Kyle. That's right, Kyle Bush in the truck series winning. Wins last week in Cup, goes down and uh, races a little bit in Vegas and uh, actually knows how to get around in Vegas, I Kind of expected a little better finish than what he did do in the cup, but hey, you know, you got to keep them fenders on to be able to win. All right, we've now been joined by our race winner, Kyle Bush, driver of the number 51 Chevrolet. Kyle, welcome back to Las Vegas and back to Victory Lane. Tell us a little bit about that race tonight. Yeah, thanks. It was uh, super good, super great. Um, you know, just excited about the opportunity of getting out there in, um, you know, our KBM trucks again and, you know, through all of the unknowns and question marks, everything surrounding our team and all that late last year, uh, you know, this feels really, really good to come out of Daytona and sit on the pole there, uh, all three trucks in the top ten, and then to come here, qualify one, two, three, and um, and be able to go out there and race to a victory tonight was, uh, was super awesome. So it uh, wouldn't have been possible without great sponsors of uh, Zari's Transport. Uh, you know, it's just – Great partner of ours, new to the sport, new to us. Um, they're here this this weekend celebrating tonight with us, so it's just a lot of fun and a lot of great things right now for KBM. And of course, being with Chevrolet is super helpful. Um, you know, great partners before, and um, you know, excited about being able to put the bow tie back in victory lane with KBM. All right, now we're going to go to questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you. We'll start with Reed. Uh, Reed Spencer with NASCAR Wire Service. Um, you said you had a couple of dicey moments out there. Can you explain what you had to do when you got beside D. Benedetto to keep your truck off of his, and then to keep it off the wall? Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know why it had to be that difficult. Um, that was frustrating for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're trying to stay on the lead lap, whatever. If a caution comes out, I get it. But 
Um, you know, I got to the inside of them, I think, twice, and that, that time I was to the inside of them in the middle of the corner. And, you know, you start slipping off the bottom a little bit when you're that inside truck, but when you're the outside truck and you buzz back by a guy's door, you know, that, that takes all the air off his truck, and you can spin him out. And I about lost it and, and spun out, you know. So um, that's just not cool. So, um, you know, we had a really fast Silverado. He's kind of in the same camp. So, you know, you kind of expect a little bit better from some of those guys. But um, it all ended out okay. Um, there was one other moment, but I can't really remember what it was. I think I was actually by myself, but all good. All right, Bob. Uh, Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. I have two. The first is how would you analyze your chances of sweeping this weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to say that I'm a little bit more optimistic about tomorrow, but I still got to get with my guys on that uh, college racing Chevrolet um, you know, our LA Golf Camaro was a little off today. Uh, just a lot of a big difference um, of what I'm accustomed to racing in the Xfinity Series, which I haven't been in the Xfinity Series in a year. But um, just driving that car was was a bit difficult, and so I asked for a lot of changes. And I got to start in the back anyways, so I told them to put it on scales and, <laughs> and wholesale that thing, and hopefully get it a lot better for me for tomorrow. So, um, but. Hopefully the cup car is good, and uh, we'll have a good Alisco Chevy for Sunday, and we can be fast there. We'll see what happens with that and practice tomorrow. And how stressful was the whole pit crew situation, and what was it like to have guys fitting your truck the first time with who just aren't pit, pit crew guys anymore? Yeah, that was that was uh, not fun, but you know it w it was what it was. Unfortunately, I guess there was an airplane break, and they had to fly in in a plane and they were late getting here and whatever whatever so um you know i guess it just goes to show you you should leave a little earlier <laughs> don't cut it so close um i've been in those predicaments once or twice maybe in my in my lifetime and i've kind of tried to learn the lesson of go early um you know so all in all just frustrating to to have that happen uh we paid a lot of money to the airline service as well as to uh, our partners at rcr with the pit crew to have those guys here so it's nice when you do get good pit stops from them like we did at the end. So um, glad they made it. All right, I think we have a question up front here. Kyle, Dominic Savoy, Rubble Report, UNLV. So Kyle, first off, as a Durango alumni, I'm a Durango alumni. Oh, myself. right on, cool, man. So last weekend, right before your historic win at Fontana, the boys basketball team actually won the state championships. I just wondered what your Durango? comment is on that. I'm sorry? Durango won? Yeah, they won the state championships. Oh, cool, right on. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was there for... A lot of years of uh, of a lot of championships as well too, with uh, Al Larock being the basketball coach there. He was actually my first period uh, computer teacher, uh, computer class, and I think I slept through about 80% of his class. So <laughs> I I think I got my worst grade from him, uh, which was unfortunate coming in late at night uh, on Saturdays or Sundays and having school early on Monday morning. You know that was tough. But um, I went to his basketball camp a few years and can't say that he ever told me I was going to make it in basketball. So uh, glad to see that they're still still up on top there at Durango. And um, one last one for you. Um, so you've had a lot of success here at Las Vegas, and it's your home track. Does it ever get to be like business as usual when in here, or does it still have that like luster when at home? No, yeah, it does. Uh, you, you love Anywhere you go, you want to win, right? But, um, you know, here at Vegas, this is obviously a cool place, and enjoy being able to, to score wins anywhere, um, especially here, you know, just the way that – you're able to win in front of the hometown crowd. A lot of people that come to Vegas, is a, it's a destination race for them, so they kind of come in from out of town. But, um, you know, overall, just excited about uh, the chance of, of racing the KBM Silverados again and, and just being up front like that, um, you know, and, and celebrating here in our hometown. All right. So we have a question in the back, and then we'll come up front to Jim. Kyle Mitchell Brewer, Black Hat Sports. Just curious how you feel that uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports has handled this whole transition over the off season with such a major overhaul to the team. Yeah, thanks. Um, I think I think they've handled it exceptionally well, uh, as, as best as I could ask for. You know, I think uh, our guys have worked really, really hard of swapping all the stuff over. Um, I know we've blown through. A lot of money early on swapping all the bodies and getting everything you know to where we want it we've got a lot of trucks lined up and 
when you get to that eight-week stretch that you go eight in a row, it gets tough on teams, and so we, we always want to make sure that we're ahead. Um, and they've, they've poured into it pretty hard, you know, and uh, a lot of swap over with hauler stuff and, and pit equipment stuff and just everything, you know, all of what it takes. And so um, it wouldn't be done without Danny Stockman, though. He was kind of our only returning crew chief, although um, Jimmy Villeneuve, he's a returning car chief moving up to crew chief, and then new guy in, Brian Patty, um, you know, but they've all done really good job of being well prepared, as, as I would expect, and, um, you know, having good, nice, clean stuff coming to the racetrack. That's fast. means a lot. All right, Jim, go ahead. Jim Utter, motorsport.com. Uh, no rain or snow this weekend, but there are some wind warnings for tomorrow and Sunday. I wondered what you thought the effect, if any, might be on the racing the next couple of days. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the Xfinity cars, the wind, that, that'll be interesting. That'll be tough because they have the least amount of downforce. So going through the corners with those cars is always already treacherous enough, you know, so that'll be interesting. But, um, you know, is what it is. Same for everybody. So I, I don't, guess I didn't really look at the weather in order to plan for that, but I'm not sure you could really change a race car a whole lot to, to fix uh, a wind situation. Uh, I don't think the cup cars will be that big a deal. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember we ran here, what was that, three years ago. It was like 50, 40, 50 mile an hour winds as well, too. It was crazy. And um, our cars drove okay in that one. So uh, you just got to be mindful of it. All right, go ahead. Tom Zaleski, Iron County today. Uh, Kyle, we, even with all the headaches in the beginning with uh, waiting for the crew to get here, trying to uh, uh, make the adjustments off, off of that, did the final stage being completely all under green did that help in your mind did that hurt what was that what was that like at the end yeah no the final stage was definitely a help for us being all green um you know i we were fast enough i felt like we would have had a hell of a race with zane you know given if we would have started you know on the front together um he was really equal to us and so those guys have done a really good job they're they're still fast they were fast last year they're still fast so um you know but us having we cycled ahead of them because we pitted before the stage ended. They pitted at the end of the stage, so they had to come through traffic. And once they got through traffic, I think we had seven seconds on them or something. And then that final run, when I came off a of pit road, we we were up the same. And then um, you know the last 20 laps, I probably just started you know going 90% or 80% and just chilling out. And um, you know they caught up to us a little bit. We had a couple bad traffic moments uh, that we talked about, but other than that, you know just wasn't trying to push the envelope too much. So. Um, it would have been a hell of a race otherwise. All right, we're going to work to wrap up here with three final questions. Go ahead. Uh, Michael Massey, Front Stretch. Kyle, you had a pretty great battle with Nick Sanchez going on early in the race. I'm just wondering what could, like, it's kind of your truck, but it's kind of not your truck. Like, <laughs> what, how, what's the attachment when you're uh, racing against him? Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a full teammate. Um, that's how I look at it anyways, you know. So that's our stuff out of our shop, and my people, everything, you know. So, um, you know, it's it's great to have the technical alliance that we do with Rev, with Rev Racing and, and with Nick getting the chance there with, with Chevrolet and, and Gamebridge. It's really fun to, to see him and, and Chase both qualify two and three, uh, respectively, and then for us to be able to race up front like that um, with Nick was, was pretty cool, pretty fun. Uh, they were fast. Um, you know, I think that's similar I don't know if it's the same truck, but I know it's a real similar truck to what Chandler had here last year. And Danny, of course, does a really good job here too. So, um, you know, he looked good early, and uh, we were just playing in the draft and taking the runs. And you know, we weren't when he got. I let him have it, and when he got to the lead, I tried to push us both ahead and get us away from third place, but I, that wasn't really working. So then I was like, forget it. I got to take the lead and go and do my own thing. So, um, you know, good battle there, though. All right, Justin, go ahead. Uh, Justin Schuler kicking the tires. Kyle, it seems like this year is uh, a lot of monumental record-breaking numbers for you. You're now one win away as an owner uh, from 100 wins in the Craftsman Truck Series. So obviously it seems like you have a really good chance of breaking that. So um, just what does this year mean to you as a whole now that all these numbers that you're just setting the bar <laughs> across the board now, it seems? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. Uh, on one hand, it also means you've been here for a while and... <laughs> You know, uh, you're closer to retirement each and every day, man. So take it as they come to you. Um, the the cool part is, yeah, I mean, we're 
we won 98 races as a Toyota. This is our first Chevy win, but the 100th will come uh, being with Chevrolet, and, and I think that that's going to be a really exciting, monumental moment for all of us at KBM. So um, great teams over the years, a lot of great people over the years. Um, you know, the truck series is tough to retain uh, a lot of people because they like to move on and go up in series and, of course, make more money and stuff like that. So um, recruiting is always kind of the, the struggle point for, for teams in the truck series, but um, our guys have done a phenomenal job of that, and we've got a really good system in place. So strong people um, from the top down, that, that makes all that work. So, um, yeah, I mean, numbers are fun, right? And uh, setting new records is always cool, so hopefully there's plenty more. All right, go ahead. Uh, Crystal Clay from uh, RacingRefresh.com. Does this win make amends for not having your family present for last week's cup win? <laughs> uh, yes and no. Probably prob in my book, yeah, it's it's nice that I can have a win and they're all here. You know, we get to go to Victory Lane, but um, you know, nothing nothing is ever tops having your family there for a cup win. You know, so um, I definitely know that I I still owe them cup wins uh, when they're there. And I'm sure there's plenty of opportunity for us to get that. I think even here in Vegas this weekend, we've, we've got a good chance of that. So, um, you know, it's it's fun when they're around. I race 38 weekends out of the year and more of that with, with Brexton racing as much as he does. So Samantha's a trooper and carrying along uh, our family and taking care of everything the way that she does. So this is good to reward her. And, and you know, when you're able to reward all your people, crew members and everybody for all their hard work and their dedication to you, to me, to my success and, and what I do each and every weekend. It's, it makes it a lot more more fun. All right, we're going to add one final question here. Hi, L.A. Stern, Sports Talk 805. Um, with the change to Chevy, what you did in Fontana in the cup car and now in a Chevy truck, did you expect, I know you always expect you're going to win, but you, did you expect you'd have this much success this early and in a completely different thing, what are your son's chances of winning tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, so um, I definitely would have thought that we would have come out strong uh, with Chevy. Uh, when we started doing some of our off-season stuff and talking with those guys, they were really receptive to a lot of our ideas and a lot of the stuff that we've done over the years to make our program as strong as it's been. Um, I don't think they've ever been pushed as hard as we like to push. Um, you know, Stockman's kind of leading that. Brian Patty's doing a really good job of that as well, too, and, and, and Villeneuve. But, um, you know, the, the growth that we've had over the years in all the sim stuff and away from the track stuff is huge. And so we've got to implement a lot of that uh, with Chevy, and, and they've been really open and receptive to that. So it's only going to make them better, make them stronger as, as well as us. And, uh, yeah, Brexton tomorrow, I'm, it's going to be fun. You know, we're going for the four-peat. So hopefully I don't screw it up first. Uh, you know, I'm first in, in the afternoon there racing in the Xfinity race. But... After that, um, you know, we'll see Brexton races Bandolero just uh, outside turn one there at the Bull Ring, the third-generation racer being able to race out there at that track with Brexton. So uh, we tested a little bit this morning. We got some good laps in. So uh, he's seven years old. Let's, let's write this down. He's seven years old racing in the same class that the 14- and 16-year-olds are going to be racing in. So um, it, it'll, be, it'll be fun, you know. And, I'm interested to see how all that goes, but, um, you know, he's, for being seven, he, he reminds me a lot of me when I was 13, just getting my start, so he's uh, aged beyond his years, for sure. All right, Kyle, congrats again on that win, and <coughs> we'll see you again tomorrow. Right on, sounds good, thank you. All right, guys, hey, uh, we got Captain Dave called in this morning, and, uh, Dave was with us at uh, Daytona. How's it going, Captain Dave? Hey, everything's going great. Uh, I'm still looking at some great racing. I mean, Daytona was a lot of fun. This is a we had a blast, and we're going to keep on. I mean, I watched the uh, the race in Las Vegas. Yes, it's just Byron did fabulous. I mean, it's just about what happened to Logano and Chase Elliott. Oh, you got to feel bad about Chase. I mean, breaking a leg is, is no fun, especially if you're doing it on a ski slope. Uh, that but, that wasn't nothing good on his side. I mean, that's tough to be chasing for points and break your leg. 
I mean, you get somebody like Hendricks giving you a job, it's just you don't want to be showing up with a broken leg to work, you know? Nah. Well, uh, Kyle brings the truck series uh, a bow tie win there. His first win in uh, since he's moved back over to Chevrolet. He's actually got two wins, one in Cup last week at Auto Club and then uh, brings it home at Las Vegas in the truck series. So Chevrolet's back up on top this weekend and last weekend. Uh, Dave, we got to witness. Yeah, I was watching a blog. Oh. I was watching a blog on that, and they uh, they were talking about how and you know they, they don't want to give away any secrets. I mean, they they talk about how, but they, they nobody'd be willing to tell you why. Well, they want to keep that under their hat. I can't blame them. Uh, we also witnessed Austin Hill with RCR winning uh, at Daytona. Then he goes out at Auto Club and he wins, and then he goes to Vegas and wins. When does this guy get a full-time ride in Cup? Well, he's uh, he's knocking on the door, that's for sure. I mean, the guy's doing great. So uh, we got... I bet, Go yeah, I bet he's going to... That full-time ride here pretty soon after a performance like that, you know? Hey, uh, absolutely. So we've got Austin in the deadline room. Let's listen to Austin here, guys. All right. We've now been joined by our race winner in today's NASCAR Xfinity Series race here at Las Vegas. Motor Speedway, we're joined by Austin Hill, driver of the number 21 Chevrolet. Austin, um, tell us a little bit about those closing laps that move you made there at the end to take home the win yeah so I mean I guess it was about 10 to go I noticed that the the 16 was struggling a little bit he was getting really tight and um, I kept kind of missing my marks a little bit down in three and four and I, I kind of just had to tell myself that you know I, I need to back up my entry into three get back to throttle early and really wrap the bottom off of four you know really well and when I got closed up on him coming to was it two to go or we're about to take the white um i saw that he missed the line just a little bit down in three and four and he slipped up off the bottom and i backed up my corner and got back to the throttle really really early and just hoping that it was going to stick and uh it stuck really well i was able to get beside him and then clear him you know before we got to turn one which is huge he wasn't able to come down and side draft me and then he had to fend off the the seven there And, and when i saw that i had a pretty decent gap um, going into three, I just knew I had to hit my line just like I did the lap before, not come off the bottom, and, uh, you know, we were going to be able to uh, hold on to it and bring home the victory. So, uh, really cool win for me. I uh, can't can't thank everyone at Global Industrial enough. Our Chevrolet was really fast today, but uh, we do still have some areas to work on. I thought the seven was a lot better than us on the long run, and I thought our short run was okay, but um, it definitely needs some improvement. So, uh, we got some things to work on, but really happy with how the season has started so far. All right. Well, now take questions for Austin. If you have one, raise your hand. We'll work to get a mic to you, and we'll start here up front and work our way back. Mark Garrow, PRN. Austin, we were talking before the broadcast, Doug Rice and I, about who's going to fill the gap and take the wins that Gregson and Gibbs and Almondinger had last year. Do you think winning two out of three, you're the answer to that? You'll be the guy with five, six, maybe seven wins now that you've won two out of three. Well, I mean, I I definitely have a lot of confidence going into this year. Last year, being a rookie, there was a lot of things I was learning about the car and and just trying to, you know, figure out the limit of of how the car was. And, um, you know, when I first got in in to our 21 Chevrolet with RCR, I didn't like how they drove. You know, they were really tight for me a lot of races, and I wanted the car freed up a lot. So we really worked really hard during the season last year and then uh, in the off season just trying to figure out you know, what makes me tick, what I like, what what makes me go fast. And um, we've started coming with a lot of different setups this year that are a lot freer, um, you know, has a lot more turn in the car. And, um, you know, we knew that we struggled with long run speed last year and that we were really good on the short run, and we were wanting to change that. And uh, this, this year I thought that today's race especially, we, we almost went a little too far on losing short run speed because I struggled there for the first 20 laps or so. And then once it kind of got – going and we got in a rhythm um i thought we were really good on the long run um the seven was still a little bit better but um i did think that we we've made huge improvements from last year and uh, i have all the confidence in the world you know each and every week that we have a shot at winning 
right, Lee, we'll go to Reed. How did it feel to add a Speedway win to your resume? Yeah, so that's something I brought up in my Victory Lane interview is it feels nice to, to get a win outside of Super Speedway racing to win on a mile and a half. Uh, you know, I was able to do that on the truck side. I was able to win on a mile and a half and those other types of racetracks, road courses, that type of thing. And, um, you know, that's what I wanted to do this year. I knew that we were going to have chances and, and good shots that went on the Super Speedways, but I wanted to, you know, get our – mile-and-a-half program a lot better. Uh, Phoenix will be a really good test for us to see where we stack up on the shorter tracks. So um, I'm looking looking forward to that next week. I think we have a lot of things, you know, good things going with the Chevy Simulator and, and things that we've been working on the off season that I think that's going to show up when we go to Phoenix. But, uh, yeah, it feels really humble, humbling to, uh, you know, get that mile-and-a-half win under our belt. And you talked about the line in three and four being really thin. And, you know, we look at this track and we kind of see, well, you know, there's one and two, three and four. What what kind of differentiates that from one and two just for us novices? Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't, I don't really know why that it is, but getting into one, I think because getting into one, there's so much more banking and there's more load. So you like land into one and it loads the front end. It helps it cut, it helps it turn. And then you have the bumps down in one and two that will get you upset a little bit. But one and two is almost kind of straightforward for, for the most part. As long as your car's working well over the bumps in one and two, I feel like everyone's pretty good through there. Three and four is kind of where it kind of separates you and the other competitors. Is Getting into three is a lot flatter of a corner, so it's very easy to overdrive turn three and miss the white line. You know, I, I view today's race in three and four like old Atlanta where, you know, the Harvick line, you early lift, you get to the bottom really early, and you just wrap the white line, and it just gains so much grip if you're on the white line. But if you're that far off the white line, you're slipping and sliding, and you, you feel like you have no grip in the car. So uh, that's something that I was really focusing on during our long run there when the 16 was getting away from us. I, I didn't think I was doing a very good job of that early in the run at painting paint the line and just being disciplined. And I did some things in the car, you know, putting some front brake to it, different things, because I kept getting kind of free on entry into three. So I uh, did some different things there, and it seemed to help. And then I just had to stay disciplined on not overdriving my entry to three and really focusing on my exit off four. That was what was going to create the better lap time. And I saw some other guys that were able to, you know, move up and maybe make a little lap time. But for whatever reason today, uh, it just seemed like the bottom is where you needed to be. And if, as long as you painted that line, um, you know, that's where the race was won. Yep, thank you. Uh, Reed Spencer with NASCAR Wire. Um, starting from three seconds back, when did you realistically think you had a chance to catch him? Yeah, so, you know, during the green flight pit stop, my, my crew guys, they did a heck of a job. They actually got me out into the lead in front of the 16 with, I think, like a 10-car car length lead. And I knew that my short run speed wasn't very good, so he ran me down really quick. I think within three or four laps he ran me down. He got underneath me and got around me. And then... I kind of just went into the mode of when, when my spotter told me how many laps were left, he was like, hey, you got, you know, 50 to go or whatever it was. I was like, okay, um, you know, I'm just going to try to keep the 16 in my grasp and not let him get too far away. Um, but I didn't want him get to get too far away because I knew it was going to be hard to run him back down. And I actually had a really big moment into three passing a lap car. I went on the outside of the lap car into three and I and Spotter told me clear, which I was clear, but for whatever reason, when I turned down, I don't know if it was the wake off of the front end of that car, but I had a really big moment where I got really loose, had to chase it up the racetrack, and uh, thought I was going to wreck it, and uh, I lost a lot of time there. That's when I lost the three or four seconds, whatever it ended up being, and, you know, I, I kind of thought it would have been nice to have a caution, but uh, I knew that on the longer end, you know, tail end of the run, we were going to be better, so I was kind of back and forth, do I want a caution, do I not? And then with about 10 to go, I saw that the 16 was struggling and my spotter and them, they're telling me lap time each and every lap. And I'm like, all right, well, as long as it stays the same way and he keeps falling off and I keep maintaining, we're going to have a shot at it. And um, so I think with about 10 to go is really when it set in that I had a, I had a really, really good chance at winning the race. And uh, I knew once I got there, I couldn't mess around. I had to make my move right away. And he just happened to slip up in three and four, and it, it just gave me that opportunity to get underneath him. All right, then we have a couple more hands. There was one in the back and then one up here in front. Mitchell Brewer, Black Hat Sports. Austin, three races in, you've already equaled your win total from last season. What does that mean to you to accomplish something like that this quickly into the season? 
I, I just think it shows our confidence as a organization. Everyone at RCR has worked really hard in the off season, and with the the skew rule changes and the toe changes in the rear that that we've had over the off season, um, you know, we we went to work. We we went and did a lot of simulator time. We've done a lot of things. Just you know, throwing out ideas and talking about a lot of different stuff, bouncing a lot of stuff off of each other on what we think that that's going to make the car do and what it's going to make it handle like. So, uh, like I said earlier, we came with a, a little bit different package than what we ever ran last year, just trying to get some turn in it. And uh, I actually thought that I was a little too free at the the end of the run there, um, but uh, it was just good enough to obviously hold on and, and get around the 16. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think it shows that, that we mean business. We're here to play and, and we're here to win and, um, we we are showing that confidence. I've I've had confidence in the off season and going into this season. And obviously, winning at Daytona just builds the confidence even more. And, and now that we got a mile and a half win under, under our belt, I think we can go win anywhere. All right, go ahead. Tom Zaleski, Uncanny today. Um, Austin, on the final lap, even as the 16 was fading, you had enough of the seven in the rearview mirror. How did that did that change anything as far as your approach on that final lap? You had enough of them coming at you. Uh, what was it like? What was it like to hold on to it? Yes, yeah, so I, I knew that they were going to be kind of side by side getting into one, so I knew that that was going to hurt their one and two, both of them a little bit. Um, when I came off of two, the spotter told me that you know he was coming with a little bit of a run, but he was still like two or three back. And uh, going into three, I just knew that I needed to enter early hit the line, even if I had to back up my entry a lot, hit the mark, hit the line, you make him get dirty air or have to move up the racetrack and try to set the second lane. And as soon as I hit the line and I throttled up, when I looked in the mirror, I was like, okay, well, as long as nothing crazy happens, you know, we got it in the bag. So um, I just knew that I had to be very, very disciplined on entry to three because, like I said, I mean, I'm not even joking. You miss it by an inch and you pay for it the whole the whole corner, and that's what happened to the 16 there. All right, Chris, over here. Chris Tank at Trans.com. Uh, two, two questions real quick. First, do you feel better about the playoffs now that you got two wins in the bag? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, you know, coming into the season, I, I have, I've had the mindset as, uh, you know, I want to get stage wins and things like that, which we didn't today. But um, And I was really frustrated about that, actually, because I thought we had the best car in Stage 1, and I just could not get around the, the two guys that were in front of me at the end of the stage. Um, and I was really frustrated about that. I'm like, man, sorry, guys. You know, I'm, I'm working in here, trying. But, you know, I just felt like it was a one-lane racetrack at that point of the race, so it was hard to do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely helps having those playoff points. You know, going into the rest of the, the year, just, just like I said at the start of the season, I want to get stage wins. So, uh you know, even though we won today, we left two stage wins out on the table that, that we could have taken into the playoffs. So that's a little frustrating to me. So we're going to keep working at it and, um, you know, try to try to be better next time, try to get those stage wins um, and just rack up those points so when the playoffs starts we have a little something to fall back on if we need to. And with your success last year in Xfinity and already this year two wins, do you think you're capturing the attention of the garage next door for looking long-term for you in the future? Um you know, maybe I don't know. Um, you know, I'm I'm just really, really focused on what I'm doing on the Xfinity side right now. Uh, I actually love racing the Xfinity cars; they're so much fun to drive. You like slip and slide around and do all those things. Um, you know, if my phone starts ringing, then obviously I'm going to answer it and, and see who's calling. But uh, I'm just just happy where I'm at. I'm happy to be at RCR. Um, you know, hopefully in the next year or so, then we can. You know, I can talk Richard and get in the third charter or something. I can go run a cup car for him because I, I love where I'm at. I just love the atmosphere and, and everything about RCR. Um, so, you know, I, I hope I get to stay there for, for long term, but we'll just have to see. All right, we'll go back to Lee. Do you feel the dynamic change with Kyle Busch? I mean, I know he's not racing in your series, you know, with RCR yet, but do you feel like a change in the – the whole organization being filed, fired up just because he's there in the building? I definitely see it on the cup side. The Xfinity side, I, I've i talked to him briefly here and there. So we, we actually, Kyle and I, have not sat down and talked to each other uh, very much yet. I'm hoping to do that, you know, here soon. But, um, you know, on the Xfinity side, I, I think that we already had a lot of confidence going into the off season that we thought that we should have won a couple more races than what we won last year. 
you know, we thought we should have won four or five races last year, and it just kind of slipped away from us at the end of the races or, you know, just bad pit stop on my part. I might have sped on pit road. Something happened to where it kind of take, took us out of con- contention. So um, I feel like we just were coming with the same sort of confidence and, and everything on the Xfinity side, but I can definitely see it on the Cup side that they're just – they're ticking a little bit different. Um, you know, they have that little extra edge on them. And I'm sure that it kind of bleeds over into the Xfinity side a little bit. Uh, I know that, you know, with him racing today, I wanted to go out and run him. And, and he was in a colleague car, which is basically an RCR car. So um, that just fired me up even more to go out there and outrun the colleague cars. All right. Any final questions for Austin? All right. Congratulations on the win. Thanks Thank for you. spending I appreciate time that. with us. Man, oh, man. Austin, three in a row for Austin and headed out to Vegas, which is kind of the same kind of layout. He should be fast out in Phoenix, too. He's doing incredible. I mean, it's just, uh, like you said, he's going to be at the top of the list here pretty soon. So Hendricks Hendricks had a a strong showing yesterday, uh, Dave, yes, he did. Uh, he talked Byron about Josh Berry down. a little bit. Yeah. He talked a little bit about Josh Berry replacing uh, Elliot, And, uh, you know, he said he did really well. I mean, he, he didn't finish great, but he's happy with the performance. That was the first time he ever saw those new cars. You know. So that was pretty incredible. I, I, I can imagine there's a, a learning curve on that new car from coming out of an Xfinity car right into a Cup car. Yeah, they were different. You know, if you they tuned them up for clean air, and then it says once you got in the pack and got dirty air, they didn't run very well. It says they said uh, Bush had his car tuned for dirty air, and uh, which allowed him to pass a lot of people. You know, I but it'll run I'll great in the dirty air, but it won't. Yeah, I think Kyle's going to win several races this year in that Chevrolet, guys. I just uh, think he's he's got a fire lit under him, and he's going to take advantage of the momentum that he's already started with because by all rights, he should have won Daytona and didn't. But you got you got to be there at the end, cross the flag first to uh, claim it. He didn't make it. He kind of got bumped and pushed and Left out to dry, and you, you you know, Captain Dave, you've been there many times. you got to have partners that want to race with you because they can put you in the middle and hang you out, and you're you're running first. Next thing you look, you're in 12th place. So, uh, we got William Byron, and uh, let's listen to William in the, in the deadline room after his big win. Hey, we're going to go ahead and get started with our post-race media availability. We're joined by our race-winning crew chief, Rudy Fugel. Uh, Rudy, looks like a pretty dominant race by your team this week on uh, this weekend. Uh, tell us from your vantage point what you thought. Yeah, no, um, it was a, it was just a really good weekend. You know, started yesterday uh, with practice and uh, pleasantly surprised on how much pace we had. Long run pace, short run pace, qualified well, um, car was handling well. So made yesterday uh, making decisions for how we we're gonna race the car today for pretty easy. Um, and then, you know, just a uh, super, super fast car all day long. Um, we had one sequence where we had a leaving out the box a little hot, and um, we, we hung the left front coming off a little bit and got the fourth, and that kind of, you know, if it if it goes green, we finish second to the five because of that. But, um, you know, we got a chance. There was, it seems like it always happens in Las Vegas. You get a you get one last sh- uh, shootout at the end. So Pickery did an awesome job getting us off pit road second, and um, we're able to pass the 19 and, and hold everybody else off. Okay, we'll go ahead and open up the questions. We'll start up here with Lee, and then we'll go over here in the middle. Congratulations. Yesterday, your competitors were saying you guys had the fastest car. Did you go into this race just thinking if we don't screw it up, you know, we're going to have a hell of a day? Um, Yeah, we knew we had a good car, but I think we see – I don't know that we've seen a dominant race car at a mile-and-a-half track since we've come out with this this Gen 7 car. I don't know that you – from – from you know green to checker 
we've had somebody lead tons and tons of laps like you would with a with the old car yeah you know so you never know what you're going to go through you think you're going to have ebbs and flows and and how some of the, the track changes and whatnot and it just seems if you lose track position for any reason it seems really really hard to uh to get it all the way back so uh happy to to go through what we did and and uh have a and have a good car from start to finish and what did you tell him before that last restart restart yeah just you know just told him what he what he had there and we needed to get connected to uh the 11 behind us to get a good push. We got a decent push from him, and um, the 19 almost got too good of a push. They got disconnected, and and then the two right side tires paid off. You know, through the center of the corner. Uh, by the time we got back to getting the white, so it was great. Take over here, and then to Jeff. Ask you, like I'm gonna ask you, front stretch. Uh, Rudy, were you shocked that more people didn't try to stay out there at the end? And if you guys didn't have such a fast race car, and you were like 15th or something, would you have tried to stay out and go for it, or? Yeah, we have most of us had 40 laps, green laps on our tires. So, you know, I thought there would be some more. Yes, I thought we would be restarting row three if we pitted with rights. So, um, I, I expected three or four, but I don't know if they just, you know, weren't good enough or whatever. You know, so, um, you know, thankfully it worked out that way. But um, yeah, it's, it's super hard decision. It's only two laps to go. Hard it is to to kind of break that first row up. Um, so, I think somebody potentially could have won if there would have been enough people staying out, but there wasn't. Go ahead, Jeff, and then over here. Jeff Gluck from The Athletic. I mean, you mentioned, that it's a, and it's a great point, that we haven't really seen domination on an intermediate from, from one car. What, what, what's changing? Why are, why are we seeing stuff like we saw today? Yeah, I think we're, we're all getting better, you know, period. We're finally figuring out what, you know, more and more of what this car needs to make it race, right? So. Um, you saw some some cars run really good the entire race. You know Ross was pretty dominant last week. Period. You know so I think he almost led 100 half the laps. So um, you see you see that happening more. Um, you know when you hit on it. It's just gonna uh, keep evolving. You're gonna see I think some some top cars hit on it and, and be able to do some things. And the lack of cautions you know also helps you be able to dominate as well. So you don't have the multiple pit stops to have mistakes or somebody try something different. Okay, we're, we're now joined by President and General Manager of Hendrick Motorsports, Jeff Andrews. Jeff, it's been a pretty, pretty action-packed weekend for you guys. How did you, how did this, how did this today go for you? Um, with today went a lot better than the last time I was sitting in this seat <laughs> talking to this group. But um, yeah, fantastic day for Hendrick Motorsports and uh, the one-two-three finish. And um, I should say, you know, first and foremost, obviously our thoughts were with Chase and everything he's going through right now, and we sure missed him, you know, being here at the track with us today. can only imagine, you know, being a young guy like that and what that must have felt like to, uh, to have to watch that at home. So certainly thinking about him and, and missing him here today, but uh, really proud of all of our cars and, and the effort that's gone into our cars and uh, race teams in the off season. Certainly felt like last week we had had good cars and and you know capable of something similar but various issues and things kind of took us out last week so very gratifying to come back this week and be able to execute like we did today and uh, obviously very proud of Rudy and William the job they did today dominated uh, that race for the most part and glad to see them get the win at the end awesome okay we'll go back to questions go back over here to the middle and then we'll work our way around uh, Justin Schuler kicking the tires um, uh, Rudy did you expect that long green flag run there I mean, after we got through the first stage and we did get we got that long run and then stage two looked that way it's, sometimes you get that feel you know so um you know here the cautions usually happen after three or four laps on a restart and if they don't happen then then you'll get that long green flag run so yeah once that's set up you know we were expecting the run to the end um we were going to run out of time to catch kyle but we got lucky and got the caution and had a chance to uh to perform and execute to get us a win we're now joined by our race winner, William Byron. William, looks like going? you had a great day today. Tell us how it was from your vantage point. Yeah, it was a it was a great day. Obviously, um, you know, I, I felt like in practice we had a good car. I was a little bit nervous about the wind today and just kind of how that would change what we had going on and whether or not we'd be as strong. But uh, just kind of the consensus, I guess, in the garage and then talking to some of the drivers, they were pretty confident about what we had going on. So I was happy about that and. Um, yeah, started the race good. I thought Kyle was really strong. Um, he could stay close to me for a lot of the runs in the first and second stage, and I felt like I was a little bit tight, but 
just trying to navigate lap traffic and, and navigate the wind and how that would change the handling. So, um, yeah, just happy with getting the first win of the year. It's been a while since we've won. It's been almost a year, and, uh, you know, it's nice to kind of just get back to what I feel like we're capable of. So, um, yeah, it's been up and down, but I feel like we're this is what we're capable of every week. Great. Okay, we'll go back to questions. Start right here. Oh, go back over here and then here, Bob, and then Jeff. Quick question for uh, Andrews. Oh, how would you evaluate Josh's performance in the nine? Um, I know it was very last minute for him, first time in the next-gen car. It seemed like his lap times were pretty respectable for the first time uh, facing the next-gen car. Yeah, Josh did an amazing job for us given the circumstances and uh, you know, given the fact that he's not ever been in one of these uh, next-gen cars before. Uh, really, really happy with uh, what he did for us today. Uh, you know, we've got some things to work on. We, we think we had a little bit of an issue there. Uh, that was causing a little bit of um, some issues with his throttle there during the race that we've got to get fixed and, and remedied. Uh, but uh, really, really pleased with the job he did for us today. Tom Zaleski, I'm counting today. Well, Rudy, this one's for you. The uh, the late run that you had that 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 we had without without a yellow. How are you prepping for any eventualities at that uh, that might have that might have gone on at that point? And uh, when that first yellow came out and you lost the lead, how are you how are you fixing everything and tweaking to get to try and get yourself back to the front? Yeah, no, it's it's hard, right? You're making a pit stop, assuming that you're gonna you're gonna come back out with a lead, you know. And these cars have a huge difference between leading and in the traffic. So as soon as you lose the lead, and then you're gonna be you know more aerotight. And so you're like, oh, shoot, you know, what are you doing there? So then, then you do a green flag run, so you're trying to adjust for that green flag run, but you're, you're not going to be in heavy, as heavy traffic, so you don't want to be too free on that green flag run. So I thought we did a good job there our second half after the green flag stopped to the, as we were catching the five, our car was stuck pretty well. It was catching them. Um, you know, if we could have got around the 11 a little bit quicker, if I would have pitted us one lap earlier, maybe we would have been able to catch the five under green. But anyways, so then you're preparing, and, you know, as you get to 15 to go, you're talking to your engineers about, okay, caution comes out, what are we doing? You know, are we are we staying out? Are we taking rights? Are we taking four? If we're taking rights, what are our air pressures? You know, so on and so forth. So um, nonstop, always, you know, just trying to communicate inside the box. If this happens, what do you do? So you're not surprised. Bob? Bob Packers, Fox Sports F2. First for William, how important do you feel it was to – for Hendrick Motorsports to win today, considering everything that happened this weekend? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think um just shows the strength that our teams have and the ability to come together in tough situations. I mean, I think, you know, I speak for everyone in the fact that we miss Chase out here. You know, he's he's a big contributor to feedback and um, in our debriefs, and just he's a great race car driver. So uh, very has a lot to offer there. So um, I think, you know, there was a void there, but I think we are able to fill it with just kind of coming together as a team and having Josh come on board. He's obviously a great race car driver too, and I know him from the past. So um, I think, yeah, it was an important day. I felt that, you know, I felt that for sure. I, I texted Mr. H after practice and felt really good about the car and just wanted to kind of reassure that we're going to go out there and try to, to win for him because, you know, it was a tough week. So, um, yeah, it just shows the strength of, our team to be able to come together. Only text Mr. H after practice? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't don't normally text him unless uh unless he texts me or unless uh yeah, we're talking about other things outside of racing, but I just felt confident and just felt like we had a shot to win. And for Jeff, any decision on the nine car driver yet for next week? Thank you. No, not yet, Bob. Obviously, we got to get together tomorrow morning and uh make some decisions pretty quick. We've uh you know, obviously got to um, get a seat in the car. And then uh, our haulers are planning on leaving late uh, Tuesday afternoon, first part of the evening. So we'll be making that, um, I would say, early part of the day tomorrow. Go ahead, Jeff, Kelly, then Mark. William, I mean, you had that, you were dominating the race, and then you lose some spots, and then just dirty air. Uh, you know, it, it looked frustrating for you at that point. How do you how do you stay mentally checked in and not sort of let that frustration, that situation, um, and possibly losing the race, um, you know, at that point take over? Yeah, I think that's kind of what I've been working on. You know, I think I've, I feel like, you know, I feel like I've got less experience than some of these guys in terms of my overall racing career. And I feel like for me, that evolution has come in the mental side of just kind of understanding how to approach an entire race. So 
in that instance, I was just kind of leaning on the stuff that I worked on and trying to just make sure that I stay, um, yeah, just stay focused on the task at hand, just making good corners, making good laps, and uh, try to be as efficient as I can to uh, to get back towards the front. So at that point, I was just focused on, okay, how can I make this long run as good as I can, and then what do I need to tell Rudy feedback-wise to get the car a little bit better because there was such a discrepancy between clean air and dirty air. So trying to get the balance back to where we needed it, uh, I felt like Kyle had a balance that was perfect for dirty air probably, and um, he got out front, he was a little bit too loose. So I think um, we had tuned our car all day for clean air, and then we had to kind of adjust there. So, uh, But I was just happy with kind of how we showed resilience through that whole process. Come up from to Kelly. Kelly Crandallracer.com. I got a couple. First, Rudy, you said there about everybody's getting better as we saw the dominance today. It seems like the early trend is that Chevrolet is above everybody looking at high speed today, high speed at Fontana. Is there something that sticks out as to why that is? I don't expect you to give secrets away, but is there anything common in the Chevy camp that you guys have hit on? No, I, I think since the beginning of last year, you know, we've Chevrolet's had a, a really good product, a really good car, and and um, you know that group just did a really good job of giving us a, a good body. We have great engines. Uh, what you know, either camp you get engines, they work together. So um, and th and then we got good teams, you know. So and the teams are working together better now than than we ever have. So I think there's there's something said to be that you know, uh, Eric Warren is pushing all of that and. Um, just you know, re really proud of of the Chevrolet bunch and and how they're pushing us to uh, to work together to keep better as a group. And for you as well as William, because William, you had said on TV that you guys spent a lot of time during the off season on the simulator and going through things. What were the things that this team was trying to hone in on, William? You said as a driver, you've been trying to be better, Rudy. From a team perspective, were there things you were trying to get better? Yeah, we're we're just trying to make, you know get get our setups tuned in better and then. You know, try to get our knowledge for changes to what William feels and how that responds. But you know, really just working together to solve problems. You know, so uh, you get in the season and it's super hard to get in there to the simulator and put the time in that we want to. So in the off season, we put a lot of work in um, through these first few races. It showed off last week, um, having speed right away, and then showed off this week. So um, you know, hopefully it'll it'll keep paying off and we'll keep working on it. Yeah, honestly, just. Um it's nice to have his voice on the radio on, at the sim, you know, and just kind of work through that feedback. Um, it's really similar to any other sport, just going out and practicing, you know. So just kind of getting that feedback um, correct. And, and we felt like last year was really topsy-turvy for us. We had obviously a couple wins, but then we were really up and down and just didn't really understand this car quite as good as, as we needed to. So we, we needed to change some of our, like, vocabulary when we talked about this race car versus, you know, he and I have worked together in the past, and we've worked on cars that have, you know, a different tire and different, you know, different grip levels. So we just had to change some of the words that we use and kind of, you know, talk about the car. All right, let's come up front to Mark, and then we'll go up to one question up in the press box. Mark Garrow with PRN. Uh, for William and then offshoot there to Rudy, what does this mean for you to win a race early? And what do you feel like this means for your season going forward? Well, the first thing I thought about was back in the All-Star race. So that was good. Uh, I don't think I was locked in because I won before the race last year. So uh, that's a good kind of, you know, self-check that I got that done. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just good for our team because we can keep building on in the future. You know, I think uh, it shows that uh, it's kind of a measuring stick of where we are. Uh, felt like going into this weekend that, we were there, but we haven't shown that, you know, result-wise. So uh, needed to show that with a result to kind of get that satisfaction as a team. So I think it's just uh, hopefully more of the same. I mean, we don't want to have any slumps this year. We want to just dig all the way to the end of the year. So it's a grind, but we're going to, you know, fight hard all year and try to keep this performance up. Rudy, what does it mean to you? Yeah, it's huge, you know, for a couple of reasons, but – you know, he said it is you just want to you find that success again. You know, we we had success in the playoffs last year, but we had so much struggle during the summer that you kind of you, reassure yourself that you can do it. And then two is this this start of the year is really really tough on our crew guys. You know, on the road and the shop guys, they are working their tails off. These West Coast races and all the stuff that we're doing, we got cars late again this year, and I mean they're they're tired. I mean they they need a morale boost and a one two three. 
uh, will boost the morale in the shop. So that's going to be huge. So we're happy that we can provide all of them with that that boost and and keep us going and keep building those good cars. So that's that's huge, you know, to be able to do that this early and going through this tough part. Okay, go up to the press box and then we'll go to Jeff. Jim Mutter, Motorsport.com. Congratulations, William. Uh, this kind of follow-up off of the previous question. Uh, you guys have won, obviously, races early in the season in recent years, but do you think the difference between uh, reaching your full potential as, like, a team and a driver is to be able to uh, do that throughout the course of the season? I mean, as Rudy pointed out, you ran well in the playoffs, but still without the win, it was much more difficult to advance. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's um, that's what we're focused on is just trying to – Perform throughout the entire year. I mean, we know we have the stamina as a team. We know that we uh, communicate well. But I think in the past, it's, you, know, you get that sigh of relief from a win that that you're doing what you need to do. And I think uh, this this assures us that we can just keep doing the processes. I mean, did a lot of prep work going in this week, and um, you know, woke up on Saturday feeling feeling like we were prepared, and uh, that's a nice feeling. So we're going to try to do that 36 weeks and see where that puts us. Go over here to Jeff. Rudy and, and William, um, I, I know clean air and dirty air are always a thing, even even last year. But we, I, I feel like we didn't hear about it quite as much last year on the intermediates. Why now? I mean, is it is it the field is closer again, or what? What? Why does it make a difference uh, again in such a big way? Yeah, I personally think just from being out there, it's just everyone gets more dialed into the what the track and the car needs. And I think there's so much unknowns last year that it created you know, guys bottoming out and wrecking or guys, you know, making big mistakes that you don't normally see at this level with how good everyone is. So uh, now the drivers are back to understanding what they have, um, and these are the best guys out there. I mean, we don't – you don't make mistakes. Like, to race against Kyle Larson, like, he doesn't make – he doesn't make any mistakes that really cost him time. So uh, it's just the kind of the excellence on display of the teams and drivers. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's the cars are a little bit closer together, and when the track's script up like this too, right? It's, it's it's cool out there, so track temp was down. Track temp's is under 70 today, so the beginning part of the year you will have some of this, you know, that I think will fix itself um, as we start to warm up. Okay, we'll come over here to Lee. Jeff, not to put these two on the spot, but how have you seen? William grow under Rudy's tutelage? Well, I, I think, um, you know, the last two years and, and these guys working together, just, um, you know, both both of them just have this rapport with each other and, and a trust in each other that's, uh, you know, that you need in this business. I mean, their their margins are so small and, um, you know, the human capital is the one that Mr. Hendrick will talk to us about. It's all about the people and it's all about relationships and communication and, uh that that level of, of communication between Rudy and William has uh, never been higher, and, and, and you know we commend them because they continue to work on it. They're never satisfied with it. Uh, they worked real hard at, on it in the off season. You heard William talking about you know how they worked in the simulator together, and you know having Rudy's voice in his ear during that, and uh, you know uh, we we commend them, and you know really all our all our race teams couldn't be more proud of, of the way our group, our company, is working together as a whole across four race teams. We've uh, we've never had that. It's never been as good as it is right now with that communication level with all four of our teams. We'll wrap up with this one in the back. Mitchell Brewer, Black Hat Sports. This is for William. William, this is the first time in your career that not only have you won the race, but you also won stage one and stage two. What does it mean to accomplish something like that? No, it's cool. I think... Um, I haven't really dominated. I've dominated. I've led a lot of laps in a couple races, but to to be this good in a race with our team is is definitely a good sign. So I think um, it's just a different feeling. I think for me, like just having a team around me that can execute that well on pit road, that well strategy, that good on adjustments. Like that was just a that's that's just a team effort, you know. So um, I think that's a different something different than I've had in the past in terms of wins. So that's nice. Okay, guys, thanks for coming in. Congratulations, and uh, good luck next week. Thank you. All right, guys, hey, uh, three different tracks.
three different winners. Started out with Ricky Stenhouse, Kyle Busch, and William Byron, guys. Now we're moving on to Phoenix. And uh, will we have a different winner at Phoenix? I would say probably so. But for uh, William, Captain Dave, for William to win all three stages in the race, that's that's saying he had a stout car all day. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. It's just, you know, when was the last time someone went all just and then won the race? That's pretty high performance right there. Well, I mean, you got to look Hendrix's, at and it's Hendricks and Roland guys. Eyes on him, I'm sure. Yeah. Go ahead. So uh, we had Kyle. Guys, Kyle's having work today, but Kyle was lucky enough to go to uh, Port Royal. Dave, 81 years they've been racing there on dirt. Pretty incredible place. Hopefully I'm going to be there. We had Justin, the PR guy, Port Royal, and Kyle got to go yesterday, and, and we Kyle got to grab a couple of winners. He's having a little trouble with his recorder, but uh, we're going to play them now. Kyle Magd at Roddy Maglite Racing Media here with the opening day winner here at Port Royal, Dylan Sisney. Uh, what's it like being the mayor here? Uh, I wanted to ask you that. You know, I, I've been hearing about that a lot. Uh, and talk a little bit about the race there. It got really dicey toward the end. Yeah, that was a heck of a race. Uh, you know, it was one of them deals where we didn't get the jump, but just kind of stayed patient and, and chased him. And uh, didn't necessarily want Parker to get me there, but settled into third and just hoped that we'd get the lap traffic and them guys get racing and you just got to stay on top of it and when the opportunity presents itself you got to be ready to pounce on it how are track conditions today good it uh i wasn't so sure when we got here and started out you know this time of year is tough the way there's a lot of moisture in the ground kyle maggot rowdy maglite racing media here with the winner of the super late model feature here at port royal speedway dylan steak uh well, you had it there for a little bit, and then it got really interesting there towards the end. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. So it, I knew once we hit live traffic, it would still be a cat-mouse game. You hit that dirty air lake at it. It's, it's tough, and I could feel myself losing time, not going like I should be through live traffic. But uh, I knew if I could get a couple cars cleared here and there, I could once they got to him, they still have the same trouble I did. Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. All right, Kyle grabbed two interviews yesterday at Port Royal, and he had recorder problems. He would have gotten more. But uh, the World of Outlaws will be at Port Royal next week, Dave, and they they put on a heck of a show on dirt, man. Yeah, I'd like to go to a dirt race. It's been a year since I've been to a dirt race. I mean, uh, that's always a lot of fun. It's altogether different, and it's very, very enjoyable. Dave, you living in Jupiter, Florida, uh, tracks around you. Yeah, there's one out west. I mean, it's uh, mostly drag racing and stuff. They, uh, it's been on and off. You know, they sometimes they get get the money to run around. Other times they just kind of they don't. You know, yeah. uh, usually we just uh, big races are down in the homestead. But I either go to Homestead or Daytona, and that's uh, Sebring. is haven't been yet, but uh, one of these days they're going to have to go to Sebring. we got to get that on the bucket list there, Dave. I want to go to Sebring, too. Turtle was there for both uh, the early. He stayed two weeks. Uh, he got to enjoy it. I could have went on down then, but I needed to get I need to get back. It'd be nice to be able just to travel to all the races and not have to worry about getting back home and taking care of business there also. But uh, I'm fortunate enough to get to go a lot more than some other people. Uh, Dave, anything you got to talk about before we get off here? Uh, well, it's, uh, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, that Hendricks has not decided who's going to run Elliott's car next weekend. I mean, they they brand Josh Barry on it, and uh, he he did very well. He had a little problems with the throttle, and, and uh, apparently there was a car issue. Ended up, you know, finishing the race two laps down. But uh, 
Hendricks has not decided whether Josh Berry is going to be running next weekend or not, or whether they're going to put a different driver in Elliott's car. That'd be interesting to see uh, how that goes. They're supposed to decide tomorrow. Well, you know, at least Josh has got a little time in the seat in the new new gen car, so that that's got to play off a little bit of help too. So he does have one race under his belt under the car. I think he's still in contention, but uh, the decision's going to be made tomorrow. So we'll see what they come up with. Well, all right, guys. Hey, we'll be back here Thursday night. Got a big lineup for Thursday night. Uh, looking forward to it. And, you know, uh, Dave, as always, keep that light shining. Good I luck sure to Georgia will. in your house, Dave. Oh, well, thank you very much. All right, guys. Till next Thursday night. Kyle, we missed you, man. I know you enjoy Port Royal. Yeah, that's, I'm sure that's just a fun time. That's the dirt track one of these days. Yeah, you got to take a bath when you get home. Everybody yeah. goes home with a lot of track on it. You got one down there at uh, half of their East Bay. It's muddy, muddy dirt, boy. Good racing condition. Yeah, let's put that on the agenda. East Bay. All right, you too. Good talking to you guys. Nice day. Happy day, there, guys. All righty, have a good one. Bye-bye.